Good morning. The world is cluttered with signs. Trivial, serious, pretentious. Careful. Use your own brain. Everyone brings joy around here. Be safe. Consider the animals. Don't make them sick. Nasty guard dog. Three days a week. No hitchhikers. Signs here, there and everywhere. Hey, what did that just say? 80? 70? 60? Are you sure? Because might be for Mr McGowan or down the drain. You know, some signs do matter. And may I suggest that in the spiritual, they all matter. Sunrises, sunsets, rainbows, wars, rumours of wars and all the rest. And today as we wind up this series on the rainbow, let it revive our outlook towards the signs. Next time you see a rainbow, remember, God is remembering. Hear God's voice loud and clear. So today we come to the last colour. There it is on the bottom there. It doesn't look very violet, does it? Not from my perspective here. It's a colour that you might just see in only in the strongest rainbows. If that. In fact, can you see it on there? That particular rainbow? You know, violet as a colour is right on the edge of our vision. It's not like yellow and green that's sort of way up there. Violet's way down here. But then again, I'm told as a colour, it's not particularly popular. Certainly not dominant like the blue of the sky or the deep blue sea or the green of the grass. Colours are the part of our everyday lives. And violet can only be found in the occasional amethyst, quartz containing traces of iron. And there's a whole range of flowers. Uh, The violet, original name, a crocus. The lilac, the pansy, and then the pale violet, the wisteria. In the bird world, we have some examples like, here it is, was it? Lilac-breasted roller. Pretty little thing, isn't he? And then we have the violet black starling. Not like their black cousins that are a worldwide pest. He's much more striking. Well, if you want to see them, you have to go to Africa. And of course, way out there somewhere is a violet galaxy. Packed with powerful X-ray sources. You wouldn't want to go there. Neutron stars. All that energy pouring out of it. Yeah, violet is a colour that's out there. But it's only incidental. So, coming back to the rainbow, what is the significance of violet? We've dealt with all the others. There's no reference in scripture, but there is a clear precedent. 
In fact, a precedent that's so strong that we can be quite confident of Violet's place in the rainbow. And it kind of goes like this. If God worked for six days of creation, what are the seventh? Well, if there are six colours there, six promises, what might the seventh be all about? Is Violet saying, simply relax? Do you know that word? Do you like that word? Come on, you don't look at it. Relax. Quiet. Take it easy. All in God's good time. After all, have another look at those six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Is anything more needed? We only need wait. Wait on the Lord. Just as the psalm begins, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And then David goes on and says, and makes a big list of all those things that are tried. And we know David lived a pretty punishing life. Huge responsibilities, challenges, dilemmas. But through it all he said, I only want one thing. One thing I desired of the Lord, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Well, how was this going to happen? Here it is once again. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. It's all in God's hands. What's broken will be fixed. It's not up to us. We only need to stop. Will I say it again? Relax. Enjoy God's creation. Even our special sunburned country. You know, there's another reason why this precedent that we've associated with Violet holds true. And it holds up, holds... It, it, it's tied up with the previous colour that we looked at the rainbow last time, the indigo or dark blue. It came about when God proclaimed his Ten Commandments on there on the mountaintop. The binding condition between himself and Israel, part of what we call the Old Covenant. And then we're told Moses was summoned to climb to the mountaintop for 40 days, 40 nights. Well, that's not quite what happened. Not quite, because... Not only Moses, but we're also told then Moses, Aaron, two of Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 elders of Israel climbed up the mountain. And it was only after this, what happened next, that Moses continued on alone. However, once they were up the mountain, we're told, there they saw the God of Israel, and under his feet seemed to be a surface of brilliant Hmm, what's that? Lapis? Lazuli? As clear as the sky itself. What they, they saw, more precisely, is they saw enough to be convinced that God was standing there in front of them. And what they could clearly see, though, was the surface God was standing on. Lapis lazuli. So what's that? It's an opaque, semi-precious stone from... Afghanistan that's got sparkling flecks of priorities in it. 
highly valued in ancient times. But most translations, maybe the one you're using, is more likely to say sapphire. They substitute that word because it's the same blue, only it's clear, transparent, a transparent gemstone. And that's how the verse comes to an end, as clear as the sky itself. So make no mistake, it's not talking about a sky blue, it's a darker blue. Clear like sapphire, but not opaque like lapis lazuli. And it's on this backdrop we are told now, the verse continues, And though these nobles of Israel gazed upon God, he did not destroy them. In fact, they ate a covenant meal, eating and drinking in his presence. In the ancient world, once covenants were signed and sealed, they were then celebrated but the two parties sat down and had a meal together. Well, here it is in what we call the Old Covenant. One party, Moses, Aaron, two sons, and then 70 of the elders. And the other party, God. Standing on this surface, dark blue, transparent. And of course, it's nothing like that picture there. That's a close-up of this lapis material. The only thing that may be the same as the parallel is the colour. Dark blue. And what we said last time was, when Jesus came, what did we see? Walking on water. Not a good picture, but once again, the deep blue sea. Washing his disciples' feet using water. Introducing the two emblems of the new covenant. His broken body and spilt blood. And all this was done against the backdrop of a Passover meal together in that upper room. Again, the new covenant came with a meal. And finally we see that, that, verse, in, oh, that verse in John 17, Jesus' prayer after the Passover when they were outside where Jesus said to the Father, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. The work is finished. They're in the blue zone. That's not the zone today. We've moved down. We've moved down past the six promises. We've come to the violet, the seventh colour. And again, like I said, relax. Wait. Wait on the Lord. something else about violet it's the last it's the least popular in fact half the time most of the time you never see it there but you know it's got to be there it's one of the seven colors could even call it the forgotten color so in tune with the seventh day of creation one word to describe that in today's world is what forgotten so that's why we are called what? Repairers of the breach. We see ourselves in this verse as tasked with completing what began in the Reformation, 1517. Uh, yes, a lot has been done, but nevertheless a big hole remains. 
a whole that encompasses the law of God, but in particular that fourth commandment. And this is important because the prophet has predicted also from one new moon to another, from one Sabbath to another, all mankind, not just a few in that parking lot out there. No. It's all the cars and the car park shopping centres around here and the sports venues on the beach. Everyone will come and bow down before me. Violet. Materials and things that are forgotten. Something else that's forgotten. The animals. You know, they're just as much part of the flood history as anything else. They came on board two by two. They came off the ark two by two. And they were included in the Rainbow Covenant. Something we read on our first session when we introduced this series, only here it is now. I establish my covenant with every living creature that was with you. The birds, the livestock and all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth, I establish my covenant with you. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. Let me pose a question. What if there were no animals on the ark? What kind of a world would we have today? bit grim, wouldn't it? No corny songs like, you know, old MacDonald had a farm. Better not go any further, what do you reckon? No pets to keep you company. No produce like eggs, cheese, ice cream. No animals to ride or pull a plough. None to admire or stand in awe. No beauty, power, dexterity, affection, brightness. Animals that make us laugh or cry. And even today... The animals have something to say. Here it is. But ask the animals what they think. Let them teach you. Let the birds tell you what's going on. Isn't it clear that they all know and agree that God is sovereign, that he holds all things in his hand? Well, that's what they're saying. The question is, who down here is listening? You know, it's from the animals that we get the primary symbol of salvation. The lamb. Of all the animals, the most inoffensive, the most harmless. So like we have said all this time, like the rainbow itself, where it was the lamb that was slain. That's what placed red at the very top. And only then that we can come all the way down to violet, the colour of rest, eternal rest. Violet takes us now to the most forgotten of all, God himself. You know, mankind wants to make it all about himself. Well, it's not about us. It's never about us. If you don't rest on those six above you don't come to violet, you never rest, you never ever rest. Yes, it's red going down to violet, but it's not like that. That's not the picture you should have. This is more like it. We're up there somewhere on that arch in the sky, working through the colours. And as we move through the colours, we're moving towards what? 
the centre. As we've also discussed, the rainbow is merely a part of a circle, a complete circle. And you work through the top, you work through the colours, you come to the centre. And John tells us in the book of Revelation that the throne of God is at the centre. And in his vision he only saw one colour. Green, emerald green, the promise of life. Life for all plants, animals and mankind. That was his original purpose. But when sin entered in, so God set about recreating this world with the colours of grace and there they are, all seven of them. And moving out from green we have those three envelopes. First around yellow and blue, yellow for brightness, blue for growth. And when you have brightness you have encar that encourage growth, they work together. The next envelope, orange and indigo. When Satan's given his marching orders you can start living the kingdom. You can start walking on water. And then the outer envelope, red and indigo. To have salvation, you have rest. It's all done. We come from the outside, out there, all the way through, and then we're on our way to the centre, God's throne. And grace is the means. But does it stop there? No, we have infra or before red and ultra beyond violet. And the visible world is light is only a fraction of the total and you've probably seen this. Electromagnetism. This discovery gave us our modern world through which we have now, let me see, communications, radio waves, microwaves, cooking, Keeping warm, infrared, ultraviolet, sterilising or go to the beach and get sunburned, x-rays, seeing through things, gamma rays. Indeed, many creatures can see in the ultraviolet. You know, yellow is what we can see, but in the ultraviolet what the bees can see is what? Something like that white and red. Little old bees, well, I mean we see yellow, but what does a bee see? Ooh, yellow and mm, black. Or yellow and, oh wait, yellow, we see yellow and yellow, oh, what's it? White and black. And there's another yellow flower, but the bee comes along and he sees what? You know, the bee world is quite different to what we think. Then in the infrared or body heat, you know, certain snakes, frogs and fish can see. And that's how a little mouse will look in the infrared. Then out in space, there's, there's our next door neighbour, Andromeda. When it's reviewed in the radio or in the infrared or in the ultraviolet or x-ray or in the visible. You should see, today we can only see a tiny fraction of the whole. And that kind of leads me to a question. When Jesus said, I am the light of the world. What did he mean? Only what we sort of see or a whole lot more? Did he mean the totality of light that covers communication, warmth, penetrating power? Think about it. Don't you see all three, all that in Jesus' ministry? And is this what Jesus intimated when he said to the disciples, well, I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. 
probably said that in the backdrop of a primitive clay lamp, only about 40 watts of light in a smoky flame. But even in its simplicity, the question is, what is light coming from it? Do we know? Surely there are enough mysteries in this world that we see, let alone what we can't. So now we come to the conclusion about the rainbow. And I end with three very quick points. Yes, there is a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. The colours of grace are real and tangible and they come with the promise that it will end with streets of gold. We only need weight. Yes, the rainbow is completely harmless. Nevertheless, it's associated with tremendous power. And there are times when the two come together. We live in the expectation when Jesus comes. And finally, the rainbow is tied very much to who we are as a people. The one who has stood as our intercessor, who hears all penitential prayers and confessions, who is represented with a rainbow, the symbol of grace and love, encircling his head, is soon to cease his work in the heavenly sanctuary. When that happens, expect big things. Nevertheless, we are in Jesus' hands right now, the one who is represented by that rainbow. It is a good place to be, for we have his word never again.